Between Codes with Stephen and Pierce. Okay, so welcome to episode seven of Between Cuts. My name is Pierce Keegan. I'm here with Stephen Daly, who is doing dad jokes from Canada, Jordan. Listen, week. I can do all sorts, mate. You know what I mean? It's it's a multi-talented universe I live in. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> and we've got a very special guest this evening, um, Louise Royley, TD with Sinn Féin. Louise, how are you? I'm very well, and thanks very much for having me. Yeah. I was really, really genuinely delighted to be asked. And the funny thing was, it was actually one of our guys, uh, one of the one of our clients that was coming in. I'd fired an email off and I was like, oh God, I don't know if I put that email the right way because I was chatting to you earlier on in the year when we were yeah. all shut down and stuff. Right. And he was like, a friend of mine had messaged her before. She's great on Facebook. <laughs> so I was like, shit, I'll message her Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you got you got straight back to me. So I was over the moon. And then this gobshoy here was doing ja- dad jokes in Canada, which it is good that you've brought an international. Listen, man, I'm an international superstar. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know uh, this. That's why you have me here. <laughs> and... and um, <laughs> So I messaged him, but obviously with time difference and everything, and I don't know if he's moonlighting over there or what he's doing, but uh, he, he eventually was like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait. So here we are. You Excellent. Know? Yeah, I'm delighted. I was delighted to be asked. So, Louise, quick question. What got you into politics? Because I want to change the world. I, it Actually, simply, because I do. Um, and because I see... I worked... Before I was elected, I worked as a union official. Um, I was a shop steward before that, and I don't come from maybe a traditional uh, political background. Um, before I was elected, I worked representing workers, mostly in the health service, and it was on a campaign I was working on for Home Helps. And we decided we'd have a protest over at the Dáil. And it was me and uh, a small group of middle-aged women who really had a genuine grievance. Home helps do a brilliant job. And when we went over to the doll, I realised until we could get the people in that place to listen to us, we were not going to get the kind of change that those women needed, not just Mm. in their job, but in their life. And it struck me then that... I needed to become more politically active. I was already a member of Sinn Féin at that stage, but I would have been a very quiet member because uh, I was very busy in the union and I, I didn't have time. And I, yeah. I resolved after that, I said, right, that's it, I'm getting involved. I'm getting involved in the party. And getting elected didn't occur to me, but I wanted to become politically active to, to kind of step up my activism yeah. on behalf of those on behalf of those women, actually, but not just them, but, but, but people who I felt kind of lacked a voice. And the more I looked at the doll, the more I realised... It's not, there's no one like, it's not that there's no one like me, there's nothing massively unique about me, but you never, you, you hardly ever hear a proper, a, a working class accent in the doll. Yeah. It's all very, awfully, toffee, terribly toffee. lovely. Yeah. And, and people are nice and that's, it's not their fault that they talk the way they talk. But I kind of felt when I looked at the doll, I didn't see myself or the people that I was trying to represent there. Outside of the the, 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 the ranks in Sinn Féin, you, you, you just, I just didn't see ordinary people in the doll. True. And so I stepped up my activism and then I was very, lucky I was delighted I was asked if I'd uh, if I'd consider running for election out here I was living in Crumlin at the time with uh, with my my husband and uh, I said I'd give it a lash I didn't expect to be elected um and I was I was delighted and then on foot of that I, I moved out here but I kind of felt that the reason I got into politics is I think it's the same reason that that motivates anybody who's into community activism because you want to change the world either the world around you yeah. in a small way or the world globally you know whatever it is if you want change you've got to get up off your bum and go and yeah. work for it you know I, I I agree and that was the main reason why when you were being tattooed here yes um, yeah, yeah. I was looking for a partner in crime I was actually hinting you were, at him you were lurking I was, I was like a proper <laughs> bringing me over cups of coffee was like a, here him. was me thinking like oh this that is very nice you thought the, the customer service yeah. in this yeah. place yeah. is only brilliant and you're getting cups of coffee and he's uh, awful nice you know I had, I him, you I had him out of his head on CBD coffee that's what it was yeah and no what it was is I, I clicked with Stephen and we had a good like I always say you know he's super polished very articulate and I'm a bit like sandpaper on your arse it's just <laughs> the way it is chalk and cheese chalk and cheese we compliment each other you know, like, yeah, he's, you compliment he's each from Lusk he doesn't see movies by the way I'll say this to everyone and I had said actually to a guy that I want to mention later to you um, because he actually left a gift here for you as well oh my goodness um, and uh, he left a gift for Mary too oh okay um, but have you seen The Matrix? No. 
See, it's not unusual, I told you. And you're from Crumlin. I know, I've, now, I've never seen The Matrix, and here's something I, I was talking to my husband about this the other day when I asked him, I sometimes get Star Trek, I know this is going with noise, right, so I'm going no, to say it. <laughs> I sometimes get Star Trek and Star Wars mixed up, apparently. That is a really oh, a no-no. That, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that bad, but I think... Yeah, no, podcasts... I've never seen Star Wars either. And Michael, last no, night, no, I, was, I happened to mention it to yeah. my husband, and he was like... That's ridiculous, is it? Yeah. And I said, no, no, I've, I've never seen like, that. No, hold on, hang on. They didn't, you. like, hang on. Vindication. <laughs> no vindication. You still have fucking buses out here. It was horse and carts and swords, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... No, we, we had better than a wind-up <laughs> telly now. But, no, I ne I never, I've never seen The Matrix. I've never... It, that's not my kind of film now at all. I like mm. I like a good drama. I like a good... I like a good political drama. Um, Stands for like, reason, I suppose. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a busman's holiday, but yeah, I like it. Um, but I no, I, I can't get along with any think that's kind of science fiction so the whole thing about it just to give you a quick rundown on it i loved it from the action point of view sorry can I, just to interject it's yeah. where pierce like wrote and directed the matrix and started in himself like but you know what my next step is to get <laughs> keanu reeves my next is get keanu reeves on this we'll, we'll get him on eventually yeah, eventually yeah. but it, it was an amazing action movie for its time and ahead of its time like most movies are but now the whole thing's come out that it, it's from a it's it's a, a movie about transgenderism ah, believe it or not okay so now i'm trying to get people to watch it from that point of view as well. Interesting. Um, and that brings me back to why I wanted to get the podcast. I'm a bit like Billy Connolly, I fly all over the place. I'm not as funny. but um, Just funny looking. For, yeah, face for radio. <laughs> but um, for me, it was about uh, mental health. Um, and one thing I feel, and I don't know if it's the same, because you're a first female that we've had on, and I don't, I don't know if it's the same in the salon chairs and the barber chair, but um, do you have tattoos? I do. So, or even in the tattoo chair, where does this air of vulnerability, where you naturally start opening up and chatting with either the hairstylist, the barber, yes. or the tattoo artist. And that's one thing I found from barbering is that people genuinely open up and you can have a good talk. Mm. And for that 20 to 30 minutes that they're probably in with you is, you know, that was there in lockdown especially, um, which my, my, my wife, Helen, had to get me to stop tagging all of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil on Facebook before I got barred for all the <laughs> bad things that we're saying. I was saying an awful lot of great things about you guys, but anyway, um, she was saying to me that um, <clears throat> it, it, it's just this air of vulnerability that you have that you will open up. Yes. And from a mental health point of view, as somebody who has suffered with mental health, it, it is a lovely place to be. Yes. Is that the same in the hair in the salon? Oh, you, God, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Love my hairdresser. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, and, and I give a wee shout-out to a local hairdresser. Yeah, can we give too. a plug? Yeah, yeah. To, to frame in uh, Scary's... Oh, do you know yeah. we've Where tattooed we them as well? Have you? Yeah, yeah we've tattooed two of the girl, three of the girls from there, the so, owner as well. It's all linking in together. So it is. Yeah, you yeah. see this inter-community. That's what it's all about. I'm telling you, we are is all related. Yeah. I, you, do, you do open up because... Yeah, it, it's a it's a very personal and very intimate thing. You're washing your hair, and say like for women, I know it's it's, it's a bit more on the dry cut end of things yeah. for men, but like for women, you're washing your hair, you're you're there, you're sitting, it, you're completely free. You can't be have your head down and be on your phone. So yeah. you're you're looking at yourself in the mirror, which is kind of weird as well, and you're chatting to the person, but you are in that kind of like. You're you're very open and honest about why you're there, yeah. and you know I think yeah. that yeah, you, if you have a good relationship with your hairdresser, mm. and I, I know the I know the women that work in in frame, and they are among the best, and you do you have that kind of chat. Mm. I'm someone who goes a lot. Uh, to hairdressers, I have very, very long hair. I have very curly hair, not that you think it to look at it, but it requires a lot yeah. of uh, maintenance and management, as it were. And I spend a lot of time in hairdressers. And for me, it's, it's com it, it is that me time. It's like, yeah. you, you've got that, I know you're saying 20 minutes, little bit longer when you're, yeah, you're, you're totally dealing with this, rest, yeah. yeah, with this, with this do, but uh, you do get that. And it's very, I find it very relaxing. Mm. But it also, it, there is something quite intimate about it the is. about the hairdressers, and I'd say about the barbers, and the same with the with the, with the tattooist. It was a long time since the last time I had a tattoo, but you get that kind of chat and but it, it it's like there's nobody else in the salon even though it's really busy exactly because it's just the two of you and there, there's something yeah no I, I i find being and i have friends who hate the hairdressers i find being in the hairdressers the most relaxing experience it really is because we've had some of the girls in from frame and um, we've even we've tattooed paddy uh, paddy the owner the owner's husband and there is something lovely about that environment like mm. we could have somebody in the chair for four to six hours getting yeah. tattooed and it is just really nice even passing in and out. And that was me 
for this point of, with the podcast, that no matter what guests that you have on, that you can almost touch on mental health because COVID has done a number on people really with the whole lockdown and, you know, there's so many things that you're reading on the news now. And even locally here, um, I was only chatting about this the other day. I don't know if you were aware of it over Halloween, the amount of knife crime mm-hmm. in Lusk was incredible. Um, and you, you know, the barbershop, you get young lads coming in. I didn't like the fact I'd seen them, but I'd seen the pictures and it was horrific. Yeah. Some of the things that have happened. Um, I think you're right when you say that COVID did a number on us because I think for an awful lot of people, they, and, and I even talk to people who work in the kind of the, the mental health and support area, there was nearly when we were all in it together and everybody exactly. was staying at home. I think that people were kind of, they, they were happy enough with that. It was that everyone was in the same boat. But when things started to get back to normal, whatever normal is as you but yeah, like when, when things started to get back to normal people who were suffering and struggling and had been suffering and struggling before who felt a little bit lost suddenly felt yeah we're all in together but now it's like oh no sorry we're all going back we're going back to work now we're yeah. going back or back into the workplace obviously people were working from home but I'm going back to the office now and now it's a case of well we're back to you know like people who felt left behind before covid feel even more left behind now because they had that kind of sense of community it was almost a social a bubble that we all yeah. created yeah. it yeah. was almost like when everything was in you know intercounty travel was stopped there was a distance on how much you could travel yeah. okay for work reasons people were outside but it didn't matter it was almost this subconscious little ecosystem you lived in where you you felt a part of something yes collectively yes. and now it's been removed which is great for all the right reasons but you're now looking at you know, you've got lads now who are 15, 16 years of age that would have been 12 or maybe 13 years of age mm. going to 14 um, when everything was locked down. Yeah. We forget, like, kids, height of hormones. We become feral, really, mm. don't we? Yeah, yeah. When we're left to our own devices. And but if you can imagine that, this is something I, I, I would say, I think about with it. If you can look back over your own life and think about the kind of the, the seminal moments in your life, like the first gig that you went yeah. to, or the, the, the first time you had a, the first meeting a girlfriend or a boyfriend, the, like all of those things. And imagine that somebody just took, say, say the, the best time in your life was 16 to 18. Absolutely. And someone just came and took that off you, took all those memories and said, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. And you went into lockdown at the age of 16. You come out at 18 and you're thinking, like, in terms of their, their own development, I actually think there, there is a job of work to be done. I think there's a mm. huge job of work to be done between the schools and the colleges yeah. in just saying to people, we've all been through this. Because when you're 16 and you're 17, the tendency is to just go, I'm grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bother on me. And, oh, and older you, as well. You, but... Yes, true. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, are you suffering? <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm grand. So I think that actually that we need to be just saying to people, look, we've all been through yeah. something yeah. Really, really horrific. Huge, yeah. Huge, mm. big, a massive global. I mean, if it, if it was if it was a tsunami that hit us and had the same effect, we we, we talk about mm. where is this because it went on for so long and everyone just oh I just want to get back to normal and people yeah. need to kind of look back and go well hang on a second what happened to us was there good stuff that happened was there bad stuff what are we taking out of this yeah I agree. and what are we burying what have we decided now mm. I've discovered I don't want that in my life anymore yeah. and then there's things that you discover that you never had before that you think geez I'm keeping that that's a, that's going to be a post lockdown thing it is and I, I yeah because. I, I had some people go, oh yeah, but it happened a hundred years ago with the Spanish flu and what have you. But they didn't have social media. They didn't have, you know, communities were really distant apart from each other. So mm-hmm. this social bubble was always there and it was always present and everyone was always in it together. Now, you know, you're Snapchatting somebody for a row who's in Kulak and you want to come out to Lusk for a knock. It's nuts like. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy what's happening with the younger crowd right now. And it does feel like a bit like a funeral where you may, you know, you might keep things bottled up. I remember when my nanny passed many years ago, she was like a hero to me, mm. but I never, I bottled it up. I never really um, dealt with it. Yeah. But only when you're older, like you're saying, and something may happen that triggers it and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I feel like in four, five, six years time, you're going to really have issues mm. with people that have repressed so much yeah. Yeah. in such a condensed period of time that from a mental health point of view, which is why we really started this podcast, is mm. to be not always going on about it, but touching on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, acknowledging yeah. it. And, yeah, that and it's I, a I thing that, that exists. I think that's important, that it's, it's like, we've, 
Confidence, you know what they say, I, I love the slogan for the, the men's sheds, it's like women talk face to face, men talk shoulder to shoulder. So yeah. that if you, you know, you're standing beside someone or you're sitting in the car with them or you're both working on a project. Mm. But I think that, you know, there's more recognition that it's, it, there's, it's not either your grand or you're seeing a psychiatrist, but actually there, there's a whole range of things in between. Yeah. And that there's days when you just feel really rough. There's days when you feel able to take on anything. And the more we talk about it, the more we try to normalise the fact that it's... And, and not, I don't mean like, oh, it's okay not to be okay, because that's just acknowledging that, that sometimes you feel a bit bad. But actually, sometimes you feel ready to take on the world, and that's okay too. Mm, yeah. And it's all right the next day if you just go, do you know what, Jeez, I was taking on the world yesterday, but I'm wrecked today, I and I just yeah. want to have a duvet day. I feel as, that's been somewhat almost diluted as well, hasn't it? Where it's been banded around so much, it's like... It's almost lost its meaning. Yeah, 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 totally. You know, it's yeah. it's like oh, I want to get a tattooed on me. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, but you get where I'm coming no, from. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. and I, I suppose to bring it back for me, like, and just chatting back and forward, um, as a as a as a parent with young kids in the area, you've got a four year old, a five year old, and a sixteen year old. And from growing up in Kulak, we had Kulak Garda Station literally on a doorstep. Nice. We had, you know, where I'm going. We had Santry Garda Station on our doorstep. Can you see our Garda station in Lusk opening? Yes, because we have the population that demand it. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we need to go to a 24-hour station in Lush and we need a station here in Lusk because we, we need the services that will grow with the population and the, the difficulty we have, and I mean, we, we've seen the announcement today in relation to Metro North. Yeah, that's right. And that that's yeah. been put off now. But I mean, what I would say to that is that we cannot have all of this development without any acknowledgement that we're going to need services. Yeah. And if that's, it's not just Gardaí, it's community centres, it's schools, mm. it's GPs. It's, we, we it's can. buses. I mean, yes, yeah. it's buses. So we it's, go to the cinema. It's links, it's all of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you and I, we have to the cinema and catch up. <laughs> but even like, if you want to bring it back to your childhood, yeah. I, I wasn't a big gamer, okay? Yeah, yeah. But I dabbled in playing The Sims every now and sure. again. When your Sims population got to a certain level, you had to put in a police station. Of course you yes. did, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's not too... It's not too... <laughs> oh, no, no, that's planning. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's simple yeah. enough. It's, you know, it's planning. I think, you know, it's not to talk down areas in, in Dublin or other parts of the country at all, but I think we've seen what happens when you don't plan it. Do yeah. you know, like, you know, antisocial behaviour can go through the roof and, yeah. and it's something that, you know, we probably need to learn from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, absolutely, no, yeah, but yeah. That, that's the point. We yeah. do need to learn yeah. from this. And so you've got a situation whereby uh, we need houses... And you will never hear me say, Anthony. No, I do. I hear you all the time. Need yeah. Houses. We need homes. I can't. I. I. I have two offices. I've one in Balbriggan and I've one in Swords. And my days is there's times I'm in the, my office on a Monday and a Friday, and I go home some of those days, and I I close my door, and I nearly want to hug my house because it's a simple thing, but I have security. So yeah. we absolutely need homes, but we need to build communities, and that involves mm. services so for too long we've had planning where it's just houses 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 taking out the services to put in more houses yeah we need houses but we need services i mean I, and i i often say this and i'd say this to the mm. guardian when i'm talking to them like busy kids don't get into trouble no if kids have something to do they won't be getting in though in the main they won't be getting yeah. into trouble yeah. but you also need a visible guard of presence because there's a difference between being safe and feeling safe. Yeah, yeah. So you, I can look at the crime stats and you can look at the crime stats and we can see percentages mm. and, you know, X yeah. number of, of robberies and X number of this and X number of that. But actually, if you talk to people in Lusk and you yeah. talk to people in North County Dublin, they'll tell you they don't feel safe. And if you say to them, what makes you feel safe? If I could see a Garda. Yeah. If I could, if I could yeah. know that if I picked up the phone that the Garda are close. And I mean, that's a great advertisement yeah. from Garda Shia that Absolutely. people want more of them. Yeah, I mean... But like, we, we have totally a population that's growing yeah. and we don't have the services that are growing mm. to meet it. And that's a pro it's a problem right across the board. It's a problem with schools. It's a problem with GPs. It's a problem with transport. It's a problem with uh, with access. It's it's right across the board. And we need those services very desperately in our county, Dublin. I, I, I get where you're coming from because when you're talking about safety there, and this it, it is actually when you're talking about on the ground... Um, I feel bad for you, Stephen. I'm sort of leaving no, you there it's in the background. I'm, I'm just, I do I'm have really, love for you, by the way. I'm really I'm just enjoying, so excited about this. I'm really enjoying the, the journey you've gone on from when we started the podcast to season broadcaster Piers Keegan. Yeah, you know, you cool. so, of, of seven please, episodes. Yeah, yeah, please, please, just yeah. go ahead. I need to stop eating the mic. Um, I, was I had a young lad in here the other day, and he's 15 years of age. We were chatting away, and we were talking about 
the antisocial behaviour. So this is not even looking at it from a, a, parent, a parental point of view. It's looking at it like young kids, mm-hmm. you know, who getting back to was like 13 when we went into lockdown. He's saying his mum and his dad are from Darndale and Airfield, okay? Now, I know the areas I live, grew yeah, up right next door in Kulak. Yeah. And he said he feels safer walking through those areas because of the presence of the Gardaí yeah. than he does walking through his own town where there's an empty guard station. Yeah. And I yeah. know you probably get that. I don't want to make it anything like political or anything like that, but it yeah, just yeah. comes down to the basics of going, I know people are talking about resources and everything, but Balbriggan just cannot be servicing Lusk no. and Rush no, in the manner they, that they, they are. Business. They have enough. Yeah, they yeah, have enough business own. in Balbriggan. Yeah, yeah. And it's, again, it's the, it's, it's the difference between being safe and feeling safe, and you need both. Yeah. And if people don't feel safe in their homes, that's a problem. Yeah. Whether yeah, or not sure. they are safe. So, I mean, I, I raise this with the Gardaí, but they can come back and they can go, oh, here's all the statistics. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's, that's not the issue. Yeah. The issue is people don't feel safe. It's about yeah. feelings. <laughs> and yeah, No, no, absolutely. Yeah. And what, but what makes you feel safe mm. is seeing the Gardaí. And there yeah. is no substitute for a Garda presence. And if you have... As, but the other thing as well, and the Garda will tell you this themselves, if the Garda are present and on the ground... They're picking up that intelligence. They're not coming in here cold when they get a call. Yeah. They're here already. They're yeah. picking up that local intelligence. They know who the messers are. They know what's likely to happen. Mm. They know before they get the phone call. Whereas when the guards are remote, they get a phone call to come to an area where they're I'm not saying they're not familiar with it. They are. They're here a lot, but like they get a call to come into this area, and they're here for the first time mm. when there's a problem. Instead of being here all and part of the of time. The Exactly, yeah. and yeah. being part. Yeah. I mean, community guardie, like yeah. they, they are, they are actually, you know, I mean, they are the way to to, to, to really make. Yeah, yeah. And they so have, they do make a difference. Safe. I remember Huge. when we were kids, we used to, uh, we used to borrow from Tato and Cadbury's, um, <laughs> quite a lot. Now we gave, we, we we borrowed. We'll just leave it there. But what I mean is, is when you talk about community guarda. We actually even knew which guard we're on. Ah, yeah. So yeah, we knew yeah. which night yeah, to borrow yeah. and which night not to borrow yeah, yeah. when we were going yeah. down to the back of the trucks at 15 years of age. But yeah. I'm not bragging about that. No, what I'm no, saying no, is, no. is that even down to that young age, yeah. they're aware. You would have been aware of the And you change your behaviour behavior based on the you fact do. that there's a presence. You do. You yeah. know, and like even here, when we first moved in, you know, um, you could feel that this. And I, I remember in the last few years of saying, just reminds me a little bit of Kulak, mm. Bunratty Road area where I grew up, and you can feel that change coming. Yeah. Um, but I feel here it's almost like it's on steroids, yeah. simply because there's no presence. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, no, 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 it is an issue. And mm. as you say, it's the difference between being safe and feeling safe, and nothing makes you feel safer than the site. And not a guard to care. A guard, yes. a guard, yeah. a, a, them being physically present there, not driving by you, yeah. but walking by you, stopping for a chat. And the guard will tell you themselves, if they have the time to do that community-based policing, oh, not only will they do it, but it pays off. Of course. Yeah. It, yeah, pays yeah. Ama- it pays dividends. Definitely. It's worth doing. It stops them being just a, an empty uniform or a flashing light. It yeah. actually becomes a person. You get yeah. to know that person. And exactly. It's harder to... To kind of go against somebody you know who's a person. Exactly, right. and people see yeah. people yeah. see the guards, so they go. They don't feel like Jesus. I haven't seen a guard here mm. now for months. Yeah. And you know, when I knock doors in Lusk, people say that to say we never see the guards around here, except when we call them. And then there's a problem, but yeah. they're never there for the the proactive element, which yeah. uh, which I know the guardy will do if they have enough resources mm. to do yeah. it. There's enough of them to do it, but at the moment. They're, they're spread very thin and they're just fighting fires. They're not doing any fire prevention. I feel so bad for them because, again, Barbara's like a local newspaper, course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I do have a few guards come in that are in the city centre and they say the same thing, like, they are spread so, so thin yeah. at the moment and they can't they can't produce guards enough, but then you're trying to get them, you know... I just feel it, it's it's firefighting. I feel bad for them. It's a hard job. Yeah, it's a really hard is, yeah. fucking job, kind of, excuse my job. language. Yeah. Tough you know? job. Really, yeah. really tough job. Is it something, you mean, from kind of a party point of view, that, you know, going forward to election time, kind of in a few years, it's something that the party can have a strong stance on? Or Well, yeah. we we did. I mean, we were very strong uh, in, in calling for the reopening of Templemore because that's part of what's causing this problem is uh, um, they closed Templemore, so they, they couldn't train Gardaí sure. for a couple of years. Yeah. And we were very vocal because you can see the, the outworkings of that now. Mm. Um, there's a couple of things we'd like to see. One, I would like to see Gardaí... Com- 
almost entirely relieved of administrative duties. Yeah. If there there are people who are non-sworn officers, so you know civil servants, if they can be doing the paperwork, let them do the paperwork, free the guardy up to do the the work that they are trained mm. and so well trained to do. I'd like to see that. We do need to see more guardy and we need to see Temple more expanded to bring those guards through. Mm. But we also need to see a proper policing plan for Dublin City and County. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, for me, I feel, and again, it's coming. I keep referring to where I come from, but again. It's like... Are you from Kulak? You've never said... No, I don't, I don't know where I'm actually from. I've, I've, I've selected amnesia when I soil these chairs. They're so fucking squeaking. But for me, if you look at more of the areas that are considered on the social map affluent... Sure. They've got a guard of presence. Um, and they're the more congested areas that are not considered as affluent. There's not really that much. But just to change tact a little bit and, and be a little more light-hearted about it, do you say up the flats I was told you do I have said up the flats but I'm not from the flats no. okay I, I did because we were over canvassing in the Dublin Bay South by election yeah. and when you're canvassing the flats everyone says to up you the flats. up the flats yeah. and the response is up the flats well I tell you why because um, Muno was our last guy on um, and his Instagram is Muno Explorer so Muno uh, took the very famous video footage of the pullback chimneys um, when they were they, they saved them and it uh -huh. went viral. And yes, I remember that. So he has he's a big fan of yours and he's a big fan of Mary's and he's been trying to get these photos framed to you guys for nearly a year. Wow. But he can't. But because he was on the last episode, he was in here today and I'll give them to you at the end. They're just sitting right behind you there. Oh, wow. He's, br he's brought in two, beautifully, um, two beautiful photos of the pool bag chimneys uh, for you guys That's to amazing. have. Um, and he said he would love at the end of a photo with you with it, but sure. could you get it to Mary as well? He I said. will get it to Mary Lou. I will. Yeah, um, because he's, he says I've been trying for a year. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know what it was. It is COVID because yeah, yeah. like normally we'd be out and about. Of I course. mean, there's nobody better than Mary Lou yeah. for getting out and about. I mean, the the woman nearly gave herself repetitive strain injury at the last election from hugging people because when you have her and I've had her here in Lusk and I've had her in in the in North County, all around. Like we tried to walk through the pavilions. We got in the front door of Pavs. I'd say we walked about ten feet. She talked about hundred people and I'm kind of thinking I'm trying to drag her down I'm going come on we're doing a walkthrough can't do a walkthrough with Mary Lou because the whole world stops but Covid just put the kibosh on of everything course. Yeah. You know, Muno, could, nobody could come near us you know? Muno there you have it um, both Louise and Mary now have your beautiful pool bag Jim, they, they're stunning you. photos they're yes. amazing amazing yeah, yeah, yeah no amazing. no that's lovely lovely yeah, really so, um, really nice we, we get them across we might try to get Mary in someday do you think she'd come in she might she <laughs> might <laughs> I can ask her can I ask you a, a kind of a, again change in tack we talked about when you were you know you got into politics and you never thought you'd ever get elected can you take us through kind of what that feeling is like, you know, to, to start it from, I'm just going to get into this because I just want to change the world. I want to make a little bit of a difference to, to you know, moving up through the kind of system to, to finally getting elected. Is yeah. that like the best feeling in the world? Can you yeah. give us a bit of a, a condensed it's, it's part scary. of history? It's of it? a scary feeling. Um, so basically you're, you're knocking on people's doors and you're saying to them, hello, uh, here I am. Will you vote me? I, I would have been used to canvassing. So you knock on the door and you go, hi, the candidate is here if you want to speak to him or her. And then I was doing... Hello, the candidate is... Oh, Jesus. The candidate is me. How are you? But I think <laughs> so that's what's that. lovely about you, <laughs> yeah. is that you're so down to earth. Because I, I, I did vote for you, and it Thank was you. a bit of that as well. And I was like, it's, it's rawness, and you're very down to earth, which is what we want. I think that we need a bit of that. People who are a little bit more connected and a little bit less above. So you do that. You knock yeah, on doors and you yeah. say to people, you know, my, my husband slags me. He's like, you know, he's, when well, he's canvasses for me, he says, I knock on the door and I go, hello, uh, please like my wife. Please have a picture of my wife. So they, you hand someone a picture of yourself and you say, please, will you read this? Will you, will you interact with me? Can I talk to you? Do you want to ask me any questions? And you do all of that and you hope you make a good impression. But it's very hard to tell. Um, people are polite and I mean people will never vote for you they're polite I mean, that's people, an Irish thing isn't it very much yeah, very, yeah, oh yeah. thanks very much yeah, yeah we look yeah. after you thanks very much yeah. and they, they say thank you and they smile and you're trying to read their face and you're thinking Jesus, you've no idea yes no. you don't have a clue because people are just being polite yeah. so you do that that was for me I was working full time in the union at that, at that stage so I had a full year canvassing three nights a week and then canvassing on, all day on a Saturday so that was pretty full on because my job in the union would have been about a 60, 70 hour a week yeah, job as well so that, that, was, that was quite hard I couldn't have done I don't think for longer than a year and when it gets to the end um if you're competitive and i i'm i'm a little bit competitive people who know me would say that that's a bit of an understatement mm. but there's a, <laughs> a little bit a little competitive streak in me then you really want it so you start off thinking 
yeah, this would be great. Yeah. And then you see the possibility and you see what you could do if the party is stronger and the change that you can bring. Even in, from opposition, you can yeah. do that and you're thinking, Jesus, I'd love to be part of that team. And yeah. you, you get that you, you kind of want it more and more and you want to see the party doing well and you're, you're thinking about all of those possibilities. And then on, I, I've, I've only ever stood for election twice in my life. I've been successful both times. First time I took the last seat, second time I took the first seat. So um, that's some sort of progress, I suppose. It's amazing. I, st yeah. I stay at home. I think if, if, you, if you have a pattern for anything, uh, it was like when Dublin were in the All-Ireland, I was saying to my husband, Jesus, we have a pattern now. There was a couple of yeah. All-Irelands yeah, in yeah. a row. I'm like, we have a routine yeah, for yeah. All-Irelands. We never yeah. thought we'd get there. So I suppose I have a little bit of a routine in that um, I stay home. I don't like to be down at the counter. Yeah, I don't like to watch it. It frightens yeah. the living daylights yeah. out of me. Um, I was very nervous uh, the first time. Very, very, wasn't elected till the second day, but we knew from the first day I would be, but I was very, very nervous. And my daughter, my grandson, was only old. He was a couple of weeks old. Was couple, he was nearly three months old. And every time I went to pick up my phone or do something like that, my daughter would just hand me Tyg and she was, there you go, ma'am, oh. there you go. And I'd be like, okay, I'll calm down. But she did a very mean thing on me the last time I, yeah. was, I was in bed. Dish the dirt. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I hadn't seen any media. I left my phone downstairs. I said, right, I'm not looking at it. This is February 2020. We knew the exit poll was good. We knew we were on course to do well. But that still doesn't necessarily translate into every constituency. And I was, I went to bed, I was nervous, and I, I, I woke up the next morning, my husband had gone, he was down at the count, and uh, so he, he was heading up the tally. So he'd gone, and he left me sleep, and I was spark out. I don't sleep late, mm. but I did. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and my daughter came upstairs, and she had the phone, and she said, Mom, Dad wants to talk to you. And I went, Jesus, I said, what's wrong? And she said, no, he, he wants to talk to himself, and she had a big, serious face on her. And I was like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, God, oh, Jesus, oh, God. And I was like, and I said, yes. Of what and uh, and he was gone. I could see he was. I could hear he was a bit emotional, and yeah. I was like, it, "It's okay." So and I thought he was going to say to me, "Look, this might be touch and go, or yeah, you know, yeah. whatever." And he was like, "You've topped the pole," and I was going. <laughs> I could Love not it. believe that. I could not believe that. I was, I was, that was, like, I know everyone, like, when, when I, when I get my Oscar, I will say it's the most humbling experience say, yeah, of my yeah. life, but that actually really, really was. Because yeah, yeah. that's 15,000, well, nearly 16,000 people who had a choice to make. And they, and they backed you. you. Yeah. And they've trusted you. And it's a big thing. It's yeah. a huge, big thing. So when I meet anyone, they say they vote for me. Yeah. I, I say thank you. But I also want them to know it's a big deal. I don't take it in any way yeah. as a given. It's not a formality for you. Oh, no, Jesus, no, no, yeah. it means means an awful lot that someone looks down you with all those choices to make I mean my name is not Abbott it's O'Reilly so you've got to go, to go all the way down and get to that though so it's not like I'm at the top or people you know and you've got to go like all the way down the ballot paper to find me and then back me and then say that's we want her to represent us yeah. Jesus that's an honour it's a privilege an honour and I would never, if the day ever came when I took that for granted, I would simply fold up and, and head off because it, it would yeah. not be worth it then. You can feel it from you though. You can feel that energy from you. It is lovely. It, it really, no, it really is. It's, and I think that's what, in, well, from uh, me being a voter, you know, with the country felt that. Mm -hmm. um, with you guys, you know, they, and obviously women in, power is fantastic as well but it was just it was the it was the core it was just held do you know what I mean it was just hard fought worked hard for nothing taken for granted mm. you know understanding what people want and it is lo like I call you guys the you know the the the, the three musketeers yourself Mary and Pierce you know, <laughs> obviously it has to be a Pierce there but um, and I know there's other people there that really are leading that charge but when you see, and again, not to make it political, this is just from somebody watching from the sidelines. Sure. When you see three opposing parties form to stop a juggernaut in, in, in that manner, yeah. you know you've pissed people off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I well, know they're the shitting themselves. The people we haven't pissed off are the people who vote, voted for exactly. us. And they, like... You know, I mean, they saw what happened. They they saw the party did well. We did, we didn't run a, enough candidates to to maximise the benefits out of it, and that's fine. And if you heard Mary Lou's speech at the Ardesh, she said to those of you who you know who tell me I didn't run enough candidates, she says, I hear you, I get it. Won't make that mistake twice. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. No, and it's lovely. And, yeah, and it was a great thing to you know it's, it's to refreshing. have underestimated. It's, it's refreshing to hear yeah. somebody say, well, actually, yeah, well, do you know what? We we didn't do it right, and 
you know, we've heard and we'll, we'll fix we'll it listen. next time. We'll do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah we'll do it. We'll make sure. It's... And you make pragmatic decisions in the run-up to an election because the first thing you have to do is you've got to protect the seats that you have because that's course. important. And then you've got to try and look at areas where you can build. Sure. And it's very hard to know because an election takes on a momentum of its own and it's very hard to know from the start to the end what, what way it's going to go. And we were very lucky. But also, we were very honest with people. And I think people saw what happened afterwards. You know, the both parties, I mean, what was it? Leo Varadkar said, uh, putting Micheál Martin back in would be like uh, putting John Delaney back in charge of the FAI. Me, uh, then, uh, what you call it? Sorry, Leo Varadkar said that about Micheál Martin. Then Micheál Martin said, well, uh, Fine Gael back in government isn't change and we want change. And they both said, we'll never, we'll never, we'll never. And then they did. And the only reason that they did was Stop one... Stop you guys. Yeah, they wanted to cling on to power and secondly, they wanted to stop us yeah. to me that's so negative yeah that's so that's yeah. such a negative thing it's like yeah. the appetite for change i could see it when i wrap doors here in lusk and right across north county dublin you're wrapping on doors and people are saying we want something different yeah. even people who wouldn't traditionally be Sinn Féin voters are going do you know what i didn't vote for you before but I'm going to give you a chance. And that's what we said to people, give us a chance. I said that to people and I knocked doors yeah. here. I knocked on, people opened their door to me. They was freezing cold. Jeez, we have to start having elections in the sunshine. In the summer, it was freezing. Yeah. Rocking up in the shorts. Hey, bitter yeah. cold. <laughs> bitter cold. And I was conscious. I was knocking on doors. People were opening their door, letting the heat out. Yeah. Standing there to talk to me, some of them. And Carbon all I said to them was... Yeah, exactly. I said, give me a chance. Give me a chance. And, you know, and I, I went back to the people who had voted for me before and I said, look, I, I work hard. I try to work hard. I don't want to let people yeah. down. I take my job very seriously. I'm lucky that my family circumstances allow me to be able to, to work long hours and I don't have small kids at home to have to go home. To. I'm very, very lucky with that. And I said to people, if you give me a chance, I'll work hard for you. And that's all I wanted was the chance to work hard. And, and I think I, I, was, I was delighted with the result. But as I say, I will never forgive my daughter for doing that. <laughs> she frightened the life out of me. I think that's lovely. <laughs> but it even goes to show the, the, the involvement on a family level. And, and, and it, it, you know, what you're saying rings true right down to the core of your, your home, that everyone is involved and everyone's mm. in it together. And it is like, is, you know, it's almost... If, I, love, I love football. But it's almost like you didn't play your best eleven. You know what I mean? And you still were there. And, yeah. you know, now it's a case of going, well, lads, you have pissed people off again. And now we're going to pay our best 11. And guess what? We have a full fucking bench to come after <laughs> you as well. And I think that's something that now coming out of the back of COVID um, and now looking, obviously, with numbers and all rising, but just coming off the back of that, does that energy amongst people now? Yes. They feel it. They're almost going, right, we've been locked up for two fucking years now. We do want this party in power. Yeah. Look, personally, myself, I'm delighted you weren't in power to have to deal with the shit show of, of, of oh, COVID. I think it would have been better to have to have people a bit more grounded, but I actually mm. think no matter who was in power for that, and I, I, I cut the government a lot of slack over this because I think no matter what way you slice and dice it, yeah. nobody'd ever been through it. Living memory, no. nobody'd yeah. ever yeah, been yeah. through it. And, you know, I mean, we, we got castigated at the start of COVID because people said, oh, you're back in the government on everything. And we weren't because we were calling them out where they needed to. But we were trying to we were trying to come together and be constructive and work with them because I think yeah. that was what the country because wanted. Because that's your community. It's a bit getting back to the start of the podcast. That is essentially what your community was. You're my neighbour. I don't really like you. But for the sake of the neighbourhood, we'll try to get That's on with you. That's what we do. Yeah, you yeah. Do you know to, what I mean? Yeah. And then oh, no, we, ne yeah. we needed to. And, and, you know, there was an element of nobody knew. Like, the, this disease arrived on our shores. We didn't know how long it was going to be here. We didn't know what was going to happen. And it... It really we felt that I, I felt an obligation and I know that, that the party did we're going to work with the government and we call them out if they get it wrong mm. but we're going to work with them because I mean at the very very start nobody had a clue and, and no. I mean like no government had a clue no, no uh, Taoiseach no Prime Minister no President it was unknowable what was going to happen and it was unknowable how long it was going to go on for mm. and you know we do hold the government to account we are the lead party of opposition and, and we take that job seriously but at the very start, when we had a caretaker government, when we went to meetings and, you know, like we were saying, look, let's let's come up with a solution together. Let's work together to get through this because mm. there was so much volatility at the start and people were so frightened. The last thing they needed was to see any of us going out and going, I oh, know, like, you know, the state of them in there, that they just didn't. I remember when Leo Varadkar gave the, the big, big speech on, on St. Patrick's Day, I went out to prime time to do the response 
And I remember saying it was the right speech. He it hit was, the right yeah. tone and it was the right yeah. time. And we needed that. By Jesus, I got the head knocked off me by of some people. But, you know, I think that's what makes But I think guys, it was necessary. Yeah, it's it's yeah. what keeps you as real. You know, there's no... There's no errors or graces. You were you call right. it as you see it. it if it's is. good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Well, I think it. that's. I am yeah. one of, like Leo. If you're listening, I'm your biggest fucking critic. But that to me was the right thing 100%. to do. I don't yeah. think the other. I won't say the word. I don't think the other person could have delivered it as effectively. Um, it was the right. It was the it right, was right speech at the right time. And you know, and I'm. A, I'm not. I'm not a big believer. I don't think one speech is going to change the no. world or anything. But I do think that if you remember back to that, the St Patrick's Day parade had just been cancelled. Yeah. People were panicked, and they needed to see one. They needed to see the politicians going right. We are not going to play. There's not going to be any messing over this. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going out to do the response, and I was listening to the speech in the car as I was driving out. It was St mm. Patrick's Day. The place was absolutely. I couldn't. You couldn't believe it. You couldn't write it. The place was empty I remember going down through the port tunnel and I'm listening to the speech on the radio as I'm driving out to to, to prime time and even kind of it just it was it was quite emotional listening to it and I know that that people were waiting and just the idea every, there was a big communal experience everyone watched that speech because yeah. people were you know yeah. I and mean, I've seen pictures afterwards of people huddled around phones watching it and you know all of that kind of stuff. and I think people were they needed to hear from the the head of government they needed to hear we don't know we don't know how but we're going to get through this. We don't know how we're going to do it, but we're all going to be okay. This is going to be tough, yeah. but we're going to work on a plan. And when I was asked to give a response to that, I, I was I was genuine, straight up and honest, and I said it was the right speech at the right time and he hit the mm. right tone. It now, is. I did follow up by going, now, we're going to need to see some uh, some action out of this of as well because the yeah, fine yeah. words are grand, but how are you going to pay the rent if you've just lost your job? So the, we needed all yeah. of that practical follow-up. That's when I messaged up. you, I was like, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it, yeah. but that was it, and, and people needed yeah. to, at that, you know, but in that moment and at that time, I've never been, I, I, uh, I it, that was one of the most surreal experiences of my life was driving down the M1, coming from Scary's, driving down the M1. I remember, because I remember ringing the press and going, will there be makeup? Because they stopped all doing all the makeup and RT because yeah, of close contacts right, yeah, and all. And I was thinking, Jesus, can I get enough makeup onto my face? So I was like, lurying on the makeup, on the phone to the press office, <laughs> listening to the thing on the way down. And, uh, and I remember coming out of the port tunnel and there wasn't a sinner. Yeah. There was not Scary one time. single solitary person. I came out, I went across, I went across the East Link Bridge, I was going to RT, and there wasn't a sinner being. And that now, that frightened me because I it felt very surreal. Mm. It felt very strange. And you, when I was driving through the city coming back, that was scary. That was like, what is this? How long is this going to be? And and of course, be, being like, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm a daughter as well as a mammy and a granny and all the rest of it. And I was thinking, Jesus, I hope my ma's all right. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, that kind of, um, uh, you, you've got that worry. You've got the, okay, I've got work to do. I'll do my work. And then you come out and you're thinking, but Jesus, I hope my ma's all right. There's actual real people. Yeah, I hope, yeah, and my daughter lives in Cork. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, is she in Cork? When's she going to travel? What's going to yeah, happen yeah. now? All of these things. My sister's a principal in a, in a uh, primary school, in a, in a desk school, and she was panicked over looking after the kids and like I mean not just her own kids no, but the kids, but the kids she, in, school, <laughs> in her school yeah. and so there was all of that and then you just get down to the brass tacks of okay is my mom going to be all right is my dad going to be all right you, yeah. am I going to be able to see my daughter you know how's my grandson and then I, I looked around and the, the place like St Patrick's Day yeah town yeah, is yeah. normally bedlam yeah. I wouldn't normally go into town on St no. Patrick's Day if you gave me a million quid I wouldn't go near it mm. because it's bedlam and there wasn't a sinner and you could literally... I had the I had the car window rolled down and there wasn't. It was silent. It was, it was yeah. very eerie, wasn't it? Very yeah. strange. And like, again, I think like what we were saying earlier, when you look back at that now and you talk about it as adults where, you, you know, you've got a little bit of age and with your age you would hope comes some wisdom, but you can almost pick it apart. Yeah. Kids can't. No, they don't have the we can sort maturity of maybe. pull yeah. it out and go, wow, wasn't that this and that, that? And you can almost you know, pluck the emotions from it and, and yeah. deal with it that way. But yet there's a, again, like I said, there's a part of, of, our, of our country, a very young part, that just don't have that mental capacity yeah. yet to be able to deal with that. Yeah. And they're the ones that need to be protected. But it's like I was saying, if you had gone, if you could go, go back in time, go back in your mind to when you were 16... Yeah. And you go suddenly from 16 to 18, but you've none of those formative experiences. So you go straight from, I can't drink and I don't drink because I, you know, maybe it's, well, yeah. 
Okay, I'm not be telling any tales out of school, no. but I, I've heard some people drink at 16. Right? I may or may not be those yes, people. Yeah, yeah. But let's say you've never had a drink, yeah. right? And not that that's the be all and end all, but just let's say you've never had a drink or you've never had a partner. And then at 16, bang, that's it. Gone. And then you're yeah. 18. So you're suddenly expected to be 18, but you're still sort of 16 you because haven't you learned, haven't had though. all of those. Yeah. What makes What's the difference between 16 and 18? It's the two years in between. Yeah. It's the... Tasting your first drink, it's getting sick after having too much of your first drink. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, having all those formative experiences, crying your heart out in the toilets yeah. in a nightclub, you know, finding a fella, ditching him, you Shock know, all a, of that kind of stuff. Shocking on a can of Ritz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Ritz, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. hear you. Drink, like... Drinking enough uh, vodka and bitter lemon <laughs> yeah. to never, ever drink bitter lemon <laughs> again. again. Ever, yeah. ever, it's, it's ever. It's the truth, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like, like, we see you here, like, we suffer almost a year. And some of these lads now that are coming in have beards. Yeah, they're... Yes. Whereas a couple of years ago when we forced out, we had Christmas <laughs> week 2019, the little quiet pimply lads. Yeah, yeah. Now they're beards and they're yeah. built like brick they're, shithouses. They're, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, like you said, how do you go from PlayStation in the bedroom or, you know... I don't know what the girls do, but you know what I mean. And yeah. Some just, of them do the PlayStation yeah, in the bedroom as well, yeah. but there's yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And then just bang, yeah, yeah, it's gone. And, it, and it's it's replacing the the wisdom and the experience of those two years, and also accepting that. So when I was eighteen, I was a sum total of eighteen years of experience. But if you're eighteen now, you're you're the sum total of sixteen years experience and two years of of really not being able to do that. Yeah. And that's the stuff that forms you. I mean, like years and millions and millions and millions and trillions of years ago, I used to work behind the bar <laughs> in uh, in. UCD, I did a couple of shifts there and I remember people coming in and, and it was young fellas and I'm not picking only on young fellas no, but it was no. young fellas coming into the bar and they maybe been to an all boys school they maybe have brothers and no sisters or they, they've yeah. no real experience of women and they come in and they're sitting at the bar and you can see they're looking at the women and they want to talk to them but they don't really they've no idea how not yeah. a notion it's something not that people notion. have said you know I have friends from, from outside of Ireland in particular and they'll say like it's such a strange experience mm. like trying to, to, you know, on date naps or whatever, meeting Irish guys who have no idea how, how to speak. To, and, yeah. like, whether you're 16 or 60, it seems if you've had never had that experience, yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you see them and they, you know, they come in and they're like, they'll have a few drinks and then they might want to, they want to talk, but they don't necessarily have the language or they don't have the pattern and they're nervous and they're shy. Imagine that, like, and you've, you at, at the age of 18, but you've never had, you've gone straight from 16 yeah. to 18. Yeah. That's the group in particular that I just think... If I go back to when I was 16, you know, like going to Debs, going to your first gig, all yeah. of that stuff, someone took those two years off me and said, but now you're 18, Louise, go and live your life. Yeah. I don't know what I would be like because I was the sum total of all my experiences yeah. and then you get to that, you get to, to, to that age and if someone had just taken the, you know, or taken the, the even the, like the, say you leave college at 21, if you're lucky enough to go to college, you leave college at 21 and then you're, you start your first job and you're crap at it and then da 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 <laughs> and then you're, you know, you're 25 and you're yeah. a bit more settled and you're a bit more about you. But if someone took those years off you in the intervening time, they're very formative years. Of course, and yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, I don't, I, I'm not saying people can't get over it. They can, of course, and they will. But I just think there needs to be recognition yeah, that yeah, hey, a, a an 18-year-old... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And an 18-year-old is not the sum total of 18 years' experience. They're actually six, the same, 16 yeah. years' experience and two years of a very odd mm -hmm. experience. Just to change tack again completely, right, because we've talked about young people in particular who come into the barbers um, or, or young people that we might know. If, if, if young people are listening to this and they're thinking, do you know what, I, you know, politics could be for me... How, how, like, how could you direct people as to how to follow maybe that kind of career path? Okay, so um, I could tell them to John Sinn Féin. Um, yeah, we're the fastest go. growing political <laughs> movement on this island. Um, Hashtag just um, saying. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that would be one thing to do. Um, but no, I say get involved. Uh, yeah. Get involved, speak up. Um, and, you know, if there's something going on locally, get involved in that. Yeah, yeah. If you have people in your life who you think are going to be able to advise you, you'd be surprised and people will. You reach out and, and people will take advice. Mm. You know, people will offer advice to you. And, like, have a bit of confidence. You know, yeah. if you think yeah, that yeah. you can speak up, then do it. If, if you, got you think something that to you offer. can add exactly, if you think you can add something, then don't spend all your time thinking about whether or not it's the perfect thing that needs mm. to be added at this time. Instead of going, look, this is something that needs to be said, and I'm going to say it, and like be prepared to work with people and to work with others. But if you see something's wrong, put your hands up and volunteer to go and try and fix it. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah. will people will work with you. Be the yeah. change. No, I'm, 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 exactly. we are we are up for that. For me, um, and I, I'm I'm conscious that you've got to be on TV. Absolutely. So. 
absolutely. Yeah, so we don't yeah. want to hold you up. Uh, no, no, it's, it's radio yeah. stuff. Oh, I love radio. face for radio. Okay, you grand. Grand. <laughs> so you've come from a great show to. This is good. You can to, give us to, a show. You know, Community based radio. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but for me, um, uh, I, I actually lost my train of thought. Can you believe I actually forget what I was I can believe it. Yes, I remember now. We're talking about politics. Is there an age limit on getting into it? Now, Helen, before you listen to this podcast, my my other half told me if you move to get into politics, we're done. <laughs> because of course you'll have to listen to me talking about something else. And obviously we've got young kids as well and all of this. But do you ever have more seasoned people moving into politics? Oh, gotcha. Is it a, is it an easier road for them? Is it a case of like an apprenticeship, you're too old type thing? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't say so at all. No, 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 no. I think people come to it at all at all ages and stages in life. And I think sometimes people just have that awakening and mm. you just go, do you know what? Like, I mean, I was 42. How old am I now? I'm 48. I was like, Don't I was 42. I was not old to look at... Someone had someone made a Wikipedia page of me and they had me five years younger than I was. Keep it. Oh, God, yeah, I would have, yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. went in and changed. Oh, yeah. No, but it's not 48. <laughs> Probably so I was 42. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 42 when I was elected. I was, I was probably in my late 30s when I got involved in politics, but I was involved, I was in the union, and I would have been quite, mm. you know active in the political world then. But I don't think there's any age. I think that, yeah. you know, if you see something that you want to change and if you feel passionate and strong about something, I, I couldn't put an age limit on yeah, that. Yeah. If you're 15 or if you're if you're 90. I wonder if Sinn Féin has a spot for another Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. What about the podcast? I can, it's a great way to plug Plug us, yeah. We could swap pierces. To, to move um, just away from that kind of stuff there, when you're not, Louise, on the telly and in the party and working hard for all of your constituents, what, what are you into? Are you a music fan, sports fan? I mean, um, we've talked about movies and we know you're... We talk about the dubs. We know yeah, the dubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a mad dubs fan, all right. I, I love being on the hill and I there's there's no better place than actually yeah, in, the, in the whole world than being on the hill when the dubs are winning. And when they're losing, just being on the hill watching the dubs. Um, what do I like? I do like a bit of reading. I, I like... I like my music but I my my tastes haven't really updated. I, I'm I'm a I'm, I'm an old unreconstructed cure head so I like it. I love the cure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Big fan. Yes. As do yeah. I. So that would have been me. I was I was a I was a got growing up so we, we that'd be me but probably listening to a lot of alternative music from the nineties the nineties. No oh, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a bit of a family story but yeah she does yeah she she knows um we went to see them in uh, Malahide Castle, right, myself good. and, oh, they were brilliant. Myself yeah. and my three best friends, we went over to see them in London as well. But it was 30 years to the day, I think it was to the day or within 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 mm. a day or two of 30 years since we had first seen them in Dublin no in the RGS. What a way to mark that. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's, because we, we were kind of going, Jesus, Did you do uh, the makeup and the hair? You know, uh, we, it, we, you, we made our hair up a little yeah. bit, but not that way. But we actually found a photograph of us, all the four of us, in no Stephen's Green on the day. Yeah. And then we got someone to take the same a photo. photograph of us posing that in the same brilliant. way. I love that. And we were like 30 years. I mean, and these are these are the best friends. These girls are the best friends anyone could have in That's the whole right. world. They're not into politics, which is, I think, one which of my favourite things. Refreshing, yeah. Yeah. But they've known me. See, we wouldn't get away with any messing with them no. either because they've known me. Well, one of them's my cousin. She's known me all my life. And the other two have known me since I was, like, 12. Mm. So there's no messing with Just them. Just on the cure. So I do a silly little TikTok series, which I called Running Joke, where okay. I tell a dad joke as I'm going for a run. <laughs> I've got a joke for you. Okay. I have this certain type of amnesia, which means I deny the knowledge of all 80s bands. There is no cure. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Excellent. I just couldn't resist, Pierce. I'm sorry. That is the daddest of dad jokes. <laughs> oh, actually, I want to get out of my fucking chair and leave. Yeah, you're just, uh, that's, that's the do. end of it. And you know what? Every week. He's we're never on... told me about the comedy there, Susan. So no, 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 you don't yeah. do it all here. Like, it, it, that's what happened. Like, I think we did, sorry. I do think we do We do click a bit, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do, bit definitely. A yeah. bit of a Morecambe yeah. and Moyes. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you can only be. But, uh, you know, I was looking. Every week he picks on my shoes, okay? Yeah. Right. Now, I can see your word and. Doc Martens. Dr. Martens. And I love Doc Martens. <laughs> and Muno, who was on, sorry, Muno, hates Doc Martens. I think he'd be loving them now. Um, but I, I love Doc I am actually fucking brilliant. Doc Martens. I love Doc. I love I mean? my Docs. Yeah. And I, so I wore Docs when, when I was a teenager. And I wore them, uh, you know, they were a bit, a bit of a fashion statement. Mm. And I didn't wear them then for years. And I was in the Dr. Martens shop there. And I bought these a couple of years ago. And I bought, well, I bought a pair a couple of years ago. And I wore them out. And then I bought another pair. I have these for work. They are the greatest invention and ever. And do you believe what it, because 
we'd, we'd said on the last yeah, podcast, yeah. Um, I, I as a very young kid believed everything that I would read. Um, Shocker. I still sort of do. <laughs> and I, I, on the soul, it's still, I don't know if it still says on the soul of them what type of proof they are. Oil proof, born proof. Have you ever seen I that on the soul? I don't know. Does it I say? Think, can you say? Did it say it on the soul? There's nothing written there. No. 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 Well, the, on the old ones, they did. So I used to have, yeah, I used to wear them and my uh, my Uncle John, who is, he, I used to get him a size too big and he was working on the bills and he used to take my docks, my dock boots and wear them, break them in for me so that yeah. I could put them on. But where these, they, they have a new, I feel like a bit of a, a bit of a fraud because they have a new thing called soft leather and oh, these yeah. are soft oh, leather. <laughs> but you get to a certain age and you just can't be but breaking in your docks my, anymore, you my know? Boot, my dock boots are the soft leather and I love them. They are deadly. They don't, yeah. the boots, oh, they yeah. sort of fall, the leather falls over. Yeah. But when I remember when I was a kid, I f- they were fireproof. So we used to light fires at the back of the Masonettes and Kulak. You know, people, well, people were born to rubbish. Um, and I remember I stuck my foot through a piece of wood that was on fire, thinking it's okay, it won't burn. It got stuck to a nail. I oh, touched no. on this the last time. Yeah. Um, and when I took my foot out of the fire with the wood and the nail, the boots were fine, except for the scalding hot nail that went straight Ooh. through my foot. Yes. But that Doc Martin actually did save my foot from getting savagely burnt. And I will forever be loyal to Doc Martens. Oh, yeah, tonight. no. What are you wearing? Tonight I'm wearing palladiums. These are like um, docks uh, on a really good Atkins diet. Very cool. So, you know, uh, they're like a vegan dock. You know, no animals harmed. Very um, good. Not a you very can actually, light, You can get comfy. vegan docks as well. I've seen can you really? That. Yeah. yeah, and you can get the Doc Martens make handbags. Oh, God, look straight to the handbags. Mm. Oh, Doc yeah. Martens make handbags as well, and you can get vegan handbags. But I saw the vegan shoes and I thought, oh, they're not. But actually, no, I just fell in love with these, and they are yeah. like I, they've, I've been wearing them since I was say I bought my first pair of docks maybe when I was thirteen. Yeah. And uh, so like, been wearing yeah. them ever since. I'm loyal. Very I'm, good. I'm loyal. You have to keep it that <laughs> way. Coming towards the end of the podcast, I can say that I never thought on a Tuesday in November that I'd be looking. At the bottom of Louisa Riley's feet. <laughs> did you? Did I see you googling to see what used to be on the bottom of a Doc Martin? Yeah, I was looking to see if you were wrong or right. That's all. But oh, okay, yeah. am I yeah. wrong or right? No, it, you're right. I'm yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. We let yeah. you have no, no, yeah. I, I, I did. Yeah. No, no, I, I know that they were, and they were shockproof, and this proof, and that yeah. proof, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and air, should they work boots? Like that's what they're intended Isn't that for. What they call yeah. them? Airwear. Yeah. So Louise, I'm absolutely, I am genuinely delighted you came on. Um, you know, I, I really am, and. Like, Thank you so much for taking gonna, the time. Oh no, I was genuinely a, a surprise delighted to be asked. Get you in power. What's well, we we'll see. Well, look, the one thing I will tell you is this, right? They can delay change. They can frustrate change. Mm. They can try and dodge change, but change is coming and they cannot stop it. Exactly. And I think if you really want to do right by the people of this island, be humble about it and allow change to happen, you may actually get a couple of seats back down the line. Um if there's anything we could ever do locally, uh, helping do canvassing or anything like Excellent. that, we, we would love to. Um, I can't get that. into politics just yet. I'd love to. I really would. I, I'd love to get into I'd it. I'd vote for you. Yeah, would you yeah. vote for me? I would, yeah. yeah. It's a great job. It's one of the most, and it is in, well, I find it one of the most rewarding jobs I've ever had. And I... I love it. I, I find it can be hard. There's days when I come home and I, I, I won't lie, there's days when I come home, my husband will tell you, and I will sob my heart out because I see, I know the other TDs don't have, uh, don't have offices or they don't have many offices or whatever. I have two of them and I see people on Mondays and Fridays when I'm not in the doll. And those days, there's times they'd nearly break you because people come to you and they're absolutely desperate. Mm. But in saying that it is the most rewarding job because you can actually make a genuine difference in someone's just life. And can I ask, just on this, I should have thought of this earlier, I, I, is it in our constitution that no child or adult should be without a roof over their head? It's not, but it should be. So the right to a home isn't in our constitution, yeah. but it should be in our constitution. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we have committed to do in government is we will bring forward a referendum. Now, a referendum on its own won't fix it, but it will. you use that to drive that change. You make it a constitutional yeah. right, and then you say to people, you have a right to a home. And we need to work out the details on what constitutes a home and all of that kind of stuff. But I think we need a citizens' assembly and we need yeah. the we need a, a right. And the other thing, and one of the things we didn't touch on is the, the, the issue about Irish unity. So when we talk about change, we talk about a you a new united Ireland. And yeah. that's what we want to build. It's a it's it's a 
an Ireland where it's not just two failed states bolted together. So it's not the 26 and the 6 bolted mm. on together. It's a new Ireland. And that's our vision. And I think people are really chiming with that. They're looking yeah. now, they're thinking, Ireland, united, free, uh, and what change, what is possible, what can we do? And that gives us great hope because we see Irish unity is on the agenda. Now, people are talking about it in well, a way they never if, did. If nothing before. else, like, like from the last few years, yeah. given what's happened with Brexit and the whole lot of definitely, like even people who've never even thought about it are starting to go, well, actually, do you know? Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the rugby have their own song. Do you yes. know what I mean? Everyone's shoulder to shoulder. You know, yeah. all, get the but sports that, that's on what, board. That's You've what got... makes the rugby strong. There's yeah. a there's a 32 a county rugby team. There's a 32 county GAA. There's but the soccer, it's 26 and six, and they would be stronger together. I think we might actually qualify for a World Cup if we actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> we we mean, definitely sure. be stronger together. Yeah. Do you know? And yeah. I think that. But that you see people now who maybe United Ireland was never on their agenda. And they're looking at it now and they're thinking Brexit is the Brexit is the question, UI is the answer. You know, what's the answer to why why are we paying money to maintain two health systems on a small island, two transport systems, two education systems? Let's look at what happens and how much stronger and better we could be if we weren't paying to artificially yeah. I mean, keep a border in place. And we're coming out of the back of you know, we're coming off the back of COVID now where everyone on this island had to come together. We had to talk across border and go, right, travel, travel, open, open. Like, it's already there. The dialogue is there. Shit that happened then, and I don't want to put it down, but we've, we can only look forward. And people are looking at that and they're thinking, in the new Ireland, when, when, we, when we get that change, when we see, we imagine Ireland, the 32 counties all pulling in the one direction. And I think th- there's none better. There's nobody better than the Irish and there's absolutely none better to come together. And, uh, you know, and the, the way to do it is through unification. And it's by having the conversation and talk to people, like, what's possible? What's a United Ireland going to look like? We need to start planning for it because it's coming. It we is going to start come planning in our lifetime, definitely. It, it I know some people will. don't want to talk about it because then it comes to a different type of power sharing where they won't even get a whiff uh, in um, and, and that's I'm not up on politics but I know what I like do you know what I mean <laughs> and what I like is the fact that you know you guys are sitting in the background you're waiting you're biding your time you know the pieces are starting to fall all over the place the house of cards if you want to say is starting to crumble because it's coming to that time now where people are sort of going I want an election yeah I want change I want change we've been in our bubble you did well with the shit show that you've been dealt but you put three parties together that don't like each other. One of them shouldn't even be a party. Um, and, uh, you know, see you later. That's it. Louise, thank you so much. I genuinely mean it. This thank is you. lovely. This is great. This is really nice. Thank you very much for asking me. This is Cheers. lovely. Thank you so much. And that's it. Between Cuts with Stephen and Pierce.